This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single day. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. We're here with Nick and Bob. Today's a great Sunday, daylight savings, one less hour of sleep, um, or one, yeah, one less hour today. Yep, but how are you doing, Nick? We we got Bob so tired he can't even remember if he had one less or one more hour of sleep. Exactly. Um, so Bob, I I want to offer a congratulations to our new milestone. We have yep. officially recorded our shortest podcast episode ever. Oh really? About five minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm, I unfortunately really for those those of you who are listening, um. There is a Lost in the Archives episode where we had our great episode previous week. Uh, actually, it was pretty good. Enjoyed it a ton. Awesome conversation. And we realized that technology let us down, unfortunately. So that episode will not be released. It is not one of those exclusive content things where you got to subscribe to something. We just literally don't have it. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, it was, uh, it was a 30-minute impactful episode of, of just um, – so, Nick, basically, you're getting ready to take the OCS uh, yesterday, for yesterday, and the podcast was last week. We are talking about um, is the OCS worth it, or what were your thoughts before going into it? Um, and then this week was supposed to be a checkup, but it's okay, because we can still do, like, a general, I guess, overview of that, because I feel like that's going to be the main subject of today's episode. Um but congratulations, you reached a milestone for yourself. You t- finished taking the OCS exam. And how do you feel, Nick? Uh, I feel good that I'm done. Let me put it that way, Bob. It, um, it's one beast of a test. It's a toughie. Um, I also felt like I was prepared for it. I did the necessary work. Um, but does that mean I aced every single question? Absolutely not. Um, but I think it was a fair test. It was a tough test. And it was something that I prepared, I was ready for. I kind of knew it was coming after me. But anytime you're in there for, I mean, it's a total, including the small breaks they give you, it's a total of seven hours and, you know, six hours of just pure exam time with it. So anytime you're in there for that type of endurance of a mental um, capacity, at least I don't know about you, Bob, but for me, I came out pretty darn tired after. Yeah, Nick, the big question is, um, what did you do after? Did, did you go to bed? Did you go straight to bed? Did you, uh, yeah. yeah. Dude, honestly, it could have been a coin flip. Um, so with LA traffic out here, it took me about 25, 30 minutes to drive to my exam site and about an hour by the time it was, you know, or daylight after the exam to drive back. So I actually, uh, talked to my parents, my grandparents, kind of checked in with them, let them know how I was doing and everything. But then, um, after that, dude, honestly, it could have been a coin toss. It would have been, hey, let me go pass out, go right to bed. Ended up just, like, going, chilling with a friend for a bit, just hanging out for the evening. Just, like, I, I call it campfire talk. Just, like, just hanging out, talking about life, something completely non-related to PT, whatever. So, ended up just chilling with a good friend, talking about life for a couple hours, zoning out, having some good food. And that was kind of my little celebration. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um this was a whole year-long journey. Um, you had your residency start last January up to the point where it relatively finished. Um, 
and you took your SCS. How was this journey? How was this process? Yeah, you know, um, honestly, Bob, when it comes, and I think we spoke about this um, before, but let me know if I say anything that's completely different or off from what's previously. I think the OCS for me, in terms of, you know, my experience, that wasn't the reason I went in. Right now, I think that was the reason I was originally attracted to it, like my later years in physical therapy school. But right now, for myself, um, USCS is just a little bit of icing on the cake. And it's nice to get credentials. It's nice to get certified. Um, and I think what I've said before is that it's a testament that I know what hard work is and I know how to work hard. And for any clinician there, right, they're there for a learning environment. They're there to prove that they've got something um, for whatever reason that might be for them. And, no, it's uh, OCS is a little bit of icing on the cake for the overall rest of the learning that I've done. Yeah, and just to touch upon something we talked about last week, which is the, the episode that was erased um, or, or unfound. I think you mentioned we'll when you're come up with some like a uh, covert CIA files name for that, like the uh, <laughs> Bob, Bob yeah. Sam, the lost episodes. Yeah, I don't know what happened to that. So it just didn't show up in the files. But uh, it's, it's probably a uh, conspiracy theory. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe it was it just is. so good. It was just so good that it just had to be Classified. erased. Yeah. Um, but I think you mentioned last week, I think it was last week, uh, when you're looking for a clinic or you're looking for a place with growth mindset, a good play, a, a good way to screen is just looking at how many of the clinicians there got their OCS or are getting their OCS. And I thought that was a super interesting point because just going after the OCS, it, it's an optional thing, like you mentioned. And um, it just shows that it's a pursuit of growth as a clinician, growth as a as a as a person, and growth as a physical therapist. So I thought I just wanted to point, uh, give you credit for that because I think that was a gem that was just missed out. Um, but you know, yeah, the, con- the context of that was you know, like what is what really is the value of this OCS thing? Because we all know that there are some absolutely incredible clinicians out there, and the OCS and absolutely incredible ones that don't, and so that they can, I mean, some of them, right, they can be kind of parallel, it's one uh, certification, but there are also some with the OCS who don't do it for a while, then, you know, unfortunately, later in their career, they might get a little bit complacent, and it's kind of sad to see that, but I do think that overall, if we're looking at the value of saying, hey, I want to say something, I want to do something different, and the likelihood of people getting complacent if they're around many other people who have the same thing. It's a lot less likely. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and that's that goes to that point of it's just the growth, um, an added point, I guess, to the to the virtual growth mindset resume of oh, I'm continuing growing, continuing learning. But yeah, I mean, obviously for you, the next steps is the fellowship. Did that start already, Nick? Yes, it did. Yep. So I've been in that for two weeks now, Bob. Oh yes. Okay, and then how's and that? It, and that... It's, been going, it's been going fantastic. I'm um, absolutely loving it. Uh, learning from some high-caliber, high-quality clinicians. I really wouldn't trade the experience for anything. So, so my question for you, Nick, is, um, and I'm sure some people listening may have the same question, is for you, what do you feel like the difference between the residency and the fellowship is? Because I know it's, it, correct me if I'm wrong, it's through the same program. Uh, it's still, the... Yeah, it's still within Kaiser, Southern California. Yep. Um, so, so for you, 
or just in general, I guess, what was the added benefit of going through the fellowship as well? Absolutely. Um, The way I consider residency was residency taught me, I'm going to talk from my own experience and what I drew out of it specifically, Um, and this may be different if you interview other people. But for residency, what residency taught me is, okay, who is this patient in front of me? Who is this person? What do they most need when they're coming in here today? How can I work to navigate, to control, to dictate that patient experience the best I can? Kind of working with the whole placebo and nocebo language factors involving those. Let me get really good at my orthopedic skills, whether that's you know, the high-flying manipulation that we all love to do, or whether that's um, just purity of assessment. Let me focus on my clinical reasoning, kind of helping this to recognize patterns, just to build my patterns up and make sure that my patterns are in the right direction and moving in the right place so that, okay, as I become more of an advanced clinician, these patterns, they're coming out and they're showing kind of what their capacity is and what their ability is. And so I think for me, that was probably the main thing for residency. Um, you know, it certainly taught me um, a lot of skills and everything too, but it was really, in my mind, all the prereqs of fellowship and getting ready for that. So it's almost like residency was saying, hey, let me, I've got an old computer, right? Let me take all the files from that old computer, dump it onto a hard drive, and download it and install it. I've got all that stuff in my hard drive, right? But then the year, and now it's probably the first two months of residency. But then like the next nine months or the next eight months was, hey, all this information, let me organize it into the appropriate files and folders so that it's easily accessible. And I kind of know, hey, how do these things relate to each other? What's the concept map here? And as I get new data, new pieces of information, Instead of just kind of splotching it down on the page, I can splotch it. I don't even know if that's a word. Who rolls it? Um, yeah, I like it. I can automatically, um, it reminds me of like a, the Rorschach mask or something. We'll go with that. Um, but anyways, um, it's, the information automatically filed. I know where to put it. I know how to synthesize it. I know where to put it with my clinical reasoning. And then for me specifically, because I was expected, accepted to the Spine Fellowship Program, Really, the last two months of residency were almost like a little bit of a mini head start on that, where um, I had mentors who have been through that program before. They knew I was going into it, and I had the benefit of, you know, saying, hey, this is what we need to do to get you fully ready for that. Wow. That's good. And, And obviously, it sounds to me like you talk about this all the time. You're in the culture of people, clinicians constantly wanting to grow, constantly wanting to get better, and everybody supporting you. So that's an amazing thing. That's- Absolutely. And, you know, it's um, I think there's something to be said for being in a clinic where we have, on the busy days, right, we have probably 21 clinicians in that. And everybody besides. Nick, it's getting a little bit hard to hear. Oh, can you hear me now, Bob? Yep, yep, you're good. Okay. Um, sorry about that. Well, what I was going to say is, you know, on the busy days in our specific clinic, we've got about 22 clinicians. And out of those 22, only about two or three had not been 
advertise their residency at some point. Oh, wow. These are all people who had an absolute, and again, this isn't guaranteed for all clinics, but for the one I'm at specifically, kind of the mothership of it all. You know, it's, it's people who have been through it before, and most of those who have been through it before who are still there have also been through a fellowship of some kind, too. And so they have that kind of learning environment for the people who value that. And in addition to that, you know, having myself as a resident, but four other residents there when I was there, but then having a total of five fellows there across different disciplines, it just makes for that educational experience to be incredible where the large majority of people who are there are residents, fellows, or the direct mentors of those residents and fellows. Yeah. And and some a quote that we always say on this podcast, I haven't really said it in a long time, it's like you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And if you're spending your time on like 20 of these, 21 of these great clinicians, you're becoming the average from their years and years of experience that they already had. Um, to add on to you, you know, you know, Bob, I'm I'm a huge fan of this whole idea that, you know, we, throughout a day, throughout a time, right, we have these averages. We have these, um, these fluctuations in our performance, and we can't always expect to be at the highest component of our capacity. It would be nice to sound realistic. What is realistic is let's consistently raise our bottom up and our, and our highest capacity up. So that when we do have those moments of lows, our moments of lows can be somebody else's give or growth. Right? So that the lowest we're capable of performing at is actually still pretty darn good. Yeah. So you believe in raising the average? I, I believe in raising the average in for myself, you know, not worrying about can I be absolutely perfect every single day, every single moment. I'd like to be there at different moments I put that intention in there. It's not realistic. I think it actually puts too hard of a constraint and too hard of a boundary on things where I get too narrow-minded and not quite as focused on larger concepts at the time. So all of moments where I do that, but then I have more moments where I intentionally say, okay, right now, how can I just make myself better on average? What are a couple concepts to focus on and really hammer those home? So when I do my loaded, when I do my poor performance, you know, for a basketball analogy, I'm still hitting 70% from the line instead of hitting that 85%. Yeah, I don't know anything about basketball, but all right. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. A seventy percent, eighty-five percent. Is seventy percent a good number for Berwin? Yeah, it's it, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's fair. I like it. No, that's awesome. That that sounds. Yeah, I. It it just sounds so amazing, Nick. That you're you're really surrounding yourself with great people, continuing learning, um, and personally, it's something. I, I want to strive for as well. I mean, I think anybody listening to this podcast that has a growth mindset and wants to grow as a clinician, um, ideally wants that situation where they can be surrounded by people that um, help uplift them. The, the same you know, like uh, surrounded by people is going to take a, a perspective in many different forms, right? I don't think it's realistic. I'd love for it to be, but for that type of clinic I'm in right now, for that to be everywhere. But with so much being accessible, especially during this coronavirus time, as we're 
hopefully winding out of it. But so many resources have been accessible online, so many groups. What can you do to leverage those opportunities around you, even the ones that you didn't know were there, to make kind of that best impact, to just really be able to see what's going on out there? And I think that, you know, involving yourself in those groups, if that's something that you do value, find a way to make that happen. And, you know, my flavor of things, you know, was very, very different than somebody else's flavor. And that's okay, and that's great. Yeah, to add on to that point, like we we mentioned that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you talked about raising the average, but it's also about like who who you listen to um, throughout the day or who who you like uh, what what books you read. So if you listen to uh, Tony Robbins four or five hours a day, um, you're gonna become an average from just listening to him because if he's one of the, the people you spend I mean, the most Bob, time with, if you if you listen to Tony Robbins five hours a day. You're just going to start talking different, man. I mean, you're going to get excited. Exactly. You're going to get pumped up. <laughs> when you're having a conversation with your grandmother, she's not going to know what's going on. <laughs> They're going to start motivating the grandma to start doing, like, a 200-pound deadlifts, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> grandma, grandma, burpees. Exactly. So I think I think that that's a, a good place to, to put a pin at it, like where – you congratulations! You you finished OCS. You're on to bigger things. I'll be taking the OCS next year. Um, I'll be following. I'll be walking in your footsteps as well. Uh, but it's we're on to better things. It's you're going through your fellowship. I'm still doing the residency. Um, we're both still encouraging this growth mindset. Surrounding ourselves with great people, listening to great people, um, further allowing for growth. I think that's a good uh, good episode. What do you think, Nick? I think so too, Bob. You know, next time that uh, that you come on, I want to hear more about your residency experience so far, what you've got, and a couple more weeks under your belt to get some perspective of how things are. So we don't worry about that today, but that is a future to come. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely come prepared and uh, share some of my I guess nuggets as well. <laughs> um, but let's hit on some accountability. It's 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 been a while. I know you just finished your OCS, so you're just Cruising, going, getting ready to, uh, I guess, for when the, the fellowship wraps up. But do you have any any accountability, Nick? Yeah, Bob. I think um, a couple things to myself in that, um, you know, there'll be plenty of things with the fellowship coming up for that, so I'm intentionally going to avoid that for this time. Um, but I think for me, with, you know, coming off of a hard study season for the OCS and, you know, doing my manual therapy certification before that, I really do think it's important to diversify knowledge and understanding of those people you listen to. So I think for me is by right, next time we talk, I'm just gonna, you know, find one or two new podcasts of people I can listen to occasionally that are not directly in the physical therapy world. Um, in addition to some of the others that I do. And that's gonna help give me some just different perspective with different things on life too. So I think doing that, um and then also I'm going to restart my podcast stuff because I've taken a long hiatus from that as I was getting ready. And so I'm actually going to turn my podcast into a, a weekly podcast where I've been previously doing it as a daily one. And I think for me, just reflecting on it, it was awesome getting a ton of content out there, awesome doing it that way. But for the intentions that I have going forward, not as much of a sustainable practice. And I want to make it wholesome and sustainable. Yeah. Um, I like that. I would... So, so right now I'm I'm in the midst of transitioning uh, jobs from part time to full time, um, 
but I have been reading this, this textbook. It's called A World of Hurt. Um, I want to finish it by the next time we talk. I'm halfway through. Um, it's just a, a physical therapy textbook on, I guess, pain science and classifying pain. I, I also have been starting up my podcast again, um, and I want to have another episode by out by the next time we talk. Um, so, so what I've been doing now is, is I've been going through my residency, and each week I've been reflecting on something I've been learning. Um, so I think that that could be also a good idea for every week you go through the fellowship. You can reflect on something or like a golden nugget you share, and, and that could be, I guess, the branding of, of your podcast. But I, I don't know what, what you, you have in mind. Yeah, I was definitely thinking about that for at least for, for most weeks doing that and a couple other things here and there. Uh, but we're going to give up, absolutely. Cool. And I think we'll, we'll leave it at that. Do you have anything else you want to add, Nick? No, sir. You stay strong. Keep up the grind. And remember for everybody, the best way to get there is different. The goal, the destination is different. All that we care about is you have your goal, you have your why behind your goal, you be intentional about how you get there. I like it. All right, Nick, see you next week.